pre-exposure prophylaxis to prevent HIV infection has been approved. Uh, the drug Truvada costs £350 roughly for a month's supply. In the UK, NHS England has said that they're not in a position to fund the treatment and that it should actually come out of local authority budgets. And to discuss that, um, I'm joined by the author of an editorial on this subject, Jim McManus, who's a Director of Public Health at Hertfordshire County Council. Um, thanks for joining us, Jim, to talk about this. Oh, you're welcome. So could you take us through NHS England's position here? What are they saying? So basically, NHS England have said that it's the job of uh, local authorities to prevent HIV under the Public Health Regulations 2013, and therefore they don't have the legal powers to do that because the power and the duty sits with local authorities. That is the nub of their argument. Mm. And um, local authorities, you know, that that preventive service, is that, how have they come to the conclusion that, that PrEP works in the same way? Because there's so many other things that are funded uh, centrally, um, you know, statins for primary prevention. What, um, what is it about this particularly that, that makes them think that? Well, I think they're relying specifically on the text of the regulations, um, which, which uh, to their minds, is that HIV prevention is a duty of local authorities, and they're taking quite a restrictive and literal interpretation of that. Um, by contrast, if you look at the NHS Healthy Times programme, which is a programme where NHS England and Public Health England are giving advice to local authorities on how to design healthy towns. Um, the planning of towns is clearly a function for local government, and yet here we are, NHS England is advising and paying money on staff, although not giving money to councils. So they're quite clearly engaged in a prevention activity, which is a local authority function when it comes to town and country planning, but quite clearly not prepared to do that when it comes to HIV. And it seems to me that that's an entirely inconsistent position to take. It, it seems so. Are they um, debating the cost-effectiveness of the treatment? Uh, because I know um, there's different cost-effectiveness profiles depending on risk behaviour and what population you decide to, to give PrEP to. But are, they, you know, are there any objections on that behalf? Uh, I, they've asked for um, NICE to look at it and they put up £2 million to uh, look at the way it can be commissioned most cost-effectively. But that's been widely criticised, particularly by Terence Higgins Trust and some PrEP activists as well as clinicians as a delaying tactic. Um, it seems to me that the, the, the entirety of their rationale is this is a job for local government because the regulations say so. Now, if you look at the mechanism of how PrEP works, um, Actually, it is quite akin in some respects to immunisation. It's also quite akin to treatment um, in the biological mechanism of how PrEP works. Um, so, you know, the, uh, the drug stops people becoming infected after they've been exposed. Um, so the argument of some uh, activists in this is that it is treatment as prevention. It is a form of treatment um, giving people... Truvada um, as pre-exposure prophylaxis. It works akin to immunisation, it works akin to other treatment as prophylaxis, and it sits quite clearly within uh, that scope and therefore NHS England should fund it. There's another set of issues as well, which is the history of this thing. Historically, NHS England wanted 
um, control and purview over antiretrovirals if you read the policy documents fairly carefully. And in fact, right up until March, were writing in their own documents, uh, so their specialised commissioning circular from 2015 said they had um, the rule of commissioning all antiretrovirals, whether for prevention or treatment. Um, I think the third thing that makes the decision seem a little bit odd is that right up until March, they were holding stakeholder meetings where their plan was to start commissioning it. So why uh, suddenly do they feel that this piece of legal uh, text, this, this set of regulations, needs such a literal um, translation when A, they haven't applied it to healthy towns projects, B, they haven't applied it to anything else, and C, actually the mechanism of PrEP is as much treatment for prevention as it is um, prevention in and of itself. Mm. Uh, just as an aside, Jim, um, this is pre-exposure prophylaxis. There is post-exposure prophylaxis. Who pays for that? NHS England pay for post-exposure prophylaxis, but have recently, um, they would say clarified, I would say narrowed the commissioning circular so that only those areas that have a standard NHS contract um, can be reimbursed by NHS England for it. But their commissioning circular makes it quite clear they are the commissioners for uh, post-exposure prophylaxis for sexual exposure uh, or Pepsi. Now, I mean, patients don't really care where the money comes from. Um, they will get the drugs from a health professional, uh, whoever that that happens to be, and the, the, the pot of money it comes out from um, is kind of invisible to them. What is the problem with... Uh, do you think, with NHS England passing financial responsibility to a local authority? Um, I, I think you're right. Patients don't care, and, and frankly, neither should they. They should care about services and outcomes, and it's our job to make the system work. Um, I think there are several important policy principles about the problem here. The first is that local government doesn't have the money. You know, if, if you take £350 per person for non-generic um, PrEP, uh, so for trademark Trivada, um, you, you multiply, and that's a month, um, you multiply that by a couple of thousand or a couple of hundred, and I think NHS England have underestimated their model of how many people will need it. You are knocking on for an average of between 500,000 and a million pounds per local authority per year, potentially. Um, when you look at a sexual uh, total sexual health budget of 9 million, um, that then begins to eat up 10% of your sexual health budget and you still have the duties to provide the services. The other fact is that local authorities have been subjected to two cuts um, in the public health budget, one a 6.2% cut in year and the other a 9.6% cut until 2020. So Hertfordshire's sexual budget will reduce, uh, public health budget will reduce from uh, 50 million pounds to 46 million pounds um it's already reduced from 54 to 50. uh you add that in as a cost pressure and you end up taking out quite a lot of other public health services the second thing is that local government is being su subjected to substantial cuts um you know hundreds of millions of pounds per authority in many cases um and we just can't afford it i think there's a third thing uh, principle, 
which is that all of the savings from PrEP will go to the NHS. So um, it, it, there are clear economic models that suggest that the NHS will save substantial sums um, over the life course of treatment from preventing this compared to the treatment cost of 350 or 360,000 pounds per person with HIV. The next principle, of course, is that actually Truvada will come off patent soon and there are economic models that suggest that the NHS stands to gain 520 million pounds just from uh, the commissioning of generic rather than uh, branded um, Truvada. Um, that would pay for PrEP 10 times over. So there's a number of serious principles at stake. I think the other thing is, uh, so, the, so the savings accrue to the NHS, not to local government. Um, treatment, is, treatment is clearly treatment, and treatment as prevention is part of that. NHS England already has a treatment as, as prevention policy, uh, and there are substantial savings to be made, and local government just can't afford it. Mm. I mean, let's let's sort of talk a little bit more about local government um, budgets here, because uh, you know, as um, responsibility to to public health went to local authorities, there was a transfer of funds. Um, those funds are ring fenced for public health, but it's quite a broad definition. Um, what what pressures are are local? Well, are you? Um, uh, as as uh, head of public health, you know, under here, where where's your money going to, and what's being pulled out of your pot? Uh, so the government has decided to take seven point six seven million pounds worth of money out of the public health pot for Hertfordshire, um, uh, and we have to reduce the uh, money we spend on public health by that amount. Um, we could. Uh, go and raise council tax for that, but actually many councils have already raised council tax by at least 2% to cover the deficit in social care. So, and in any case, the council tax yield in an area like London um, from a 2% raise would be much less than, than council tax yield in some other areas. So raising council tax is not sustainable, and in any case, you can't raise council tax by more than 2% without being capped. So the ability of local authorities to raise money to replace their, their money government is taken out of public health um, is minimal, uh, particularly if you want to keep social care. Secondly, uh, the government is taking significant amounts of money out of all the direct grants to local government and the amount of money local government has is being cut uh, generally in any case. And finally, um, government lifted 50,000 small businesses out of business rates, which mean that the business rate yield in local government, when it does come to us, will be reduced again. So the financial squeeze on local government is such that some councils are facing a £100 million gap between demand and available money by 2020. Mm. Um, you can't just keep public health standing still against that financial background. Um, so I feel a duty on, on me as Director of Public Health to make sure that I preserve the outcomes of the public health services as much as possible while meeting those savings. So that's about service redesign significantly. You then expect us to take an extra million pound hit for PrEP uh, and, it, and the whole thing just becomes 
almost undoable. Mm. I think that's some of the pressures. The other pressures we're under is, of course, is people wanting more things all the time. So um, we could spend um, quadruple the amount of money we're spending on things like health checks uh, for the population. Uh, There are some things for which there is a a never-ending demand. Demand is rising in sexual health services. Inflation is rising both in terms of staff and in terms of products. And yet the public health grant isn't rising. So you look at a 2% increase on the public health grant in terms of inflation at the same time as per annum, at the same time as a a 2.5% reduction in year in in the quantum of grant, then you add in PrEP, then you factor in additional demand. And pretty soon most public health departments end up with a gap between between demand and money available of around 10 to 11%. Now, it seems to me that given that we know that this is cost effective, that it will save the country overall um, money. Uh, But this is just talking about pots of cash that are, you know, people have to to, um, look after their own, essentially. It kind of mirrors what's happened with, you know, the the division between health and social care and and the weird perverse incentives that that's put in the system. Um, Now, Manchester is trying to fix that. They they're coming together. Their plan is to to um, you know, have one central body commissioning all these. Um, how is public health in their plan sort of involved? And and do you think that is a, a good way um, the the way forward for for this to try and ease some of those financial pressures? Um, I do think it's a good way forward. I think anything commissioners can do to get in the same room and design one system with one set of outcomes and work out who funds which part so that the patient sees it seamless is a good way of doing things. Um, So to take one example in Hertfordshire at the minute, we are busy looking at how we can integrate health visiting services with um, children's centres so if you go to some of our children's centres in Hertfordshire, you will see, you'll be greeted by the receptionist, you'll be given an assessment, you'll be fed into a number of different initiatives that the receptionist thinks might be, or the, the, the care staff think might be good for you. You'll see the health visitor and you'll be referred on. All of that, from vaccination right through to vitamin drops and referral on to activities and parenting classes happens in one place. And you might see four or different four or five different agency staff, but you'd never know. Mm. So integration has to be the way to go. There are several barriers. One is that nationally, I remember when I was uh, a new um, principal officer in local government many years ago, being told that we operate in the United Kingdom in a sealed policy-making system. So what one government department does really is impacted on by another government department, and the whole thing works like a series of silos. It still feels like that. So we don't have the national structure, I think, that helps us work in that way. Um, We don't have the culture of treating every pound as the single pound for our area. Um, uh, And actually, we don't have the systems and incentives in the various financing systems to do it. Uh, Public health can bring a number of things to that table from tools about effectiveness and tools about evidence and need through to its own commissioning pot to help integrate. 
but actually it requires the will and the wisdom to do it. Um, and, I, and most often, all it requires is central government to give us the freedom to do it, give us the freedom to be flexible, and then get out of the way and let us get on with it. And a lot of the stuff around devolution, so much of the devolution debate, it's very unclear sometimes what the devolution offer actually is. And similarly with things like the Better Care Fund and the Integration Funds, actually the principle has to be enable local flexibility and integration for the best outcome, for the best use of money. You've been listening to Jim McManus talking about funding for PrEP, for HIV prevention uh, and more widely what's going on in public health in England. Um, To read his article, have a look at thebmj.com.